For tapes, CDs, DVDs, or our publication, Voices from His Excellent Glory, Declaring the Kingdom, write P.O. Box 21516, Hot Springs, Arkansas, Zip 71903. Our website is www.lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com and lhbconline.com. There are hundreds of free audio files there. It's like going to Bible school at home. This is the 2018 Memorial Day Teaching and Deliverance Camp Meeting being held at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp in Hot Springs National Park, Arkansas. Thursday evening, May the 24th, 2018. Randy Ritchie is the speaker of the service teaching on grace. I'm going to call Brother Randy. He's going to come up and speak to us tonight. How many are here for the first time? Praise the Lord. Everybody who's been here before, please say thank you, Jesus. Amen. Listen, the more freedom, the more truth is poured into the body, the stronger we all are. Amen. So we all come to get what we need. But I'm going to tell you, when you get to where you're getting everything you need, it's because you started caring about other people. You got to care about other people. The Lord is good. As Brother Nicky said, it's all about Jesus and our weakness he's made strong. Let me tell you something. If anything gets done today, tomorrow, and Sunday, it's because Jesus decides he's going to do it. And here's the good news. <laughs> if we're coming with a repentant heart, he's already decided it. He decided it when he died on that cross. And he gave us resurrection power when he raised again. And we're... We're, we're, we're dead in Him. We're alive in Him. We live in Him. Amen? Amen. He's going to show His glory. He's going to show His glory. And He's worthy to be praised. There's nobody like Him. He's an ever-present help in the time of need. And His name is the strong power that the righteous run into and are safe. If you're in here, it's a safe place. The Word of God tells us first of all in 1 John 1, 9, He's talking to the church. He's not talking to the lost in this. He's talking to saved people. He says if you confess your faults to Jesus, He is just faithful to forgive you, thank you, Lord, and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. I can't tell you how many of God's people don't even know they're supposed to repent. It's like the Catholic Church and what they did with the confessional put a blinder on everybody that would serve the Lord in many ways. Because because they 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 put that where they put the church between men and Jesus. And Lord, we pray for the Catholics. Let there be a harvest out of them. And then the Word of God in James five sixteen says, "You confess your faults one to another, and you're healed." And so many of God's people never confess. They're walking around sick, sick, diseased, because they won't confess their faults one to another. You know why you have to do that? You know why the devil fell? He's full of pride. <laughs> he said, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. That's what I'm going to do. He's full of pride. And he, and, and he's, listen, the, the enemy's job, I don't care what demon you're facing, all the way from Satan, the, the fallen one, the leader of the bunch, all the way down to whatever imp we fight, their job is to impart their character to you. That's what they want to do. And so, if we agree with God, 
Amos 3, 3, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? If we agree with Him and we spend time with Him and we, and we do our best to be obedient, let His grace help us through. Be quick to repent, quick to forgive. Make that a short, short line. Listen, let, there needs to be a very short line between the moment you know you've sinned and the time you repent. You need to close those doors immediately. And there needs to be a very, very short time to forgive. And I'm just going to tell you, I've, I've learned in my life, the minute I start feeling offended, I start forgiving. The very moment offense begins, I'm forgiven. Because I can't afford it. And neither can you. Because it opens the door to the thief who comes but to steal and to kill and to destroy Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for your good hand against you. That is uh, again, upon us and against the enemy. Your strong right arm fights for us. Yes. Your hand is upon, uh, upon us. I break the power of every twisting serpent in the name of Jesus. Yes. I break it now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for the anointing that destroys yokes. Yes. I thank you for your love, Lord, and we love you. Jesus, because you first loved us. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that no weapon formed against your people prospers, and we condemn every voice that would rise up against us in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that Jesus gave us authority over all the power of the enemy, that whatever we would bind on earth would be bound in heaven. Lord, you told us that if we're going to take a man's house, we must first bind the strong man, so I bind the strong man, a sign against everyone here. And Father, even even uh, now, I'm going to repent for me and my family and my bloodline and vicariously for everybody sitting in this room, anybody that will hear it later. I repent, Lord, for everybody here, for this land, anywhere where there's been a transgression. I repent, Father, for this city and this county and my own city and county and for the states and the nations. And Lord, I repent for your body in the name of Jesus, the body of Christ. It's, that's not living up to what you called it to do. I thank you for the pockets of your remnant that are, that are fighting the good fight of faith and for the grace you've given us to do it. Lord, and I call more forth in the name of Jesus. I repent for our president. I repent for the Congress. I repent for the vice president. I repent for the Supreme Court. All of our military people, Father. In the name of Jesus, the mayors, the governors. The House of Representatives, the Senators, everyone, everybody in government across our land, Lord, we repent for them and lift them up to you. Lord, lift them up to you, that you would have your way. And Father, we thank you and we pray right now for the peace of Jerusalem. Lift that up to you, Father, as your word tells us to do. And thank you, Lord, that every plan and scheme and wile of the elite would be confounded. <laughs> that anything ahead of your appointed times, Lord, would be confounded that the enemy is trying to do. Lord, we, we thank you, Father. We lift up the lost. If there's anybody here lost, I thank you, Lord, you draw them in today. Father, I lift up, in the name of Jesus, the Jewish people, the Muslim people. Lord, we don't hate them. If anybody hates them here, Lord, I ask you to help them right now. They're just lost. We'd be just like them if we were raised that way. Father, help them. So pour out your spirit on the Muslims, Lord. The Hindus and the Buddhists. 
and all the lost Catholics and the Jehovah Witness and the Mormons, Lord, in the name of Jesus and all the good old boys and girls and all the churches all across our nation that are really not saved, Lord, in the name of Jesus. People that people call them the salt of the earth and their behavior is good, but they don't know you reach them today, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We forgive, Lord, all those that have come against us and pray for those that have despitefully used us in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to get a harvest out of the witches and the sorcerers and the medicine men and the witch doctors and the shamans and all that are speaking evil against God's people, Lord. Let, let them keep those curses back on those demons' heads in the name of Jesus and get your harvest out of those bodies, Lord. Raise up Christian laborers from the north, the south, the east, and the west to surround these people in the name of Jesus with your goodness. And Father, there are people in this room that got people they're praying for, lost people, family members that are running wayward. Some of them backslidden, some of them never knew you. And so, Father, I just thank you right now in Jesus' name that you go out to them. We bind the strong man over them. We bind the mind blinding spirits, deaf dumb spirits in Jesus' name. And ask you, Holy Spirit, to go convict and draw them into your kingdom. And Lord, we give you all the glory for it in Jesus' name. And Lord, I ask you to help me. I submit to you. And thank you, Lord, in your anointing, yokes will be destroyed. And I thank you, Father, for grace for the hearer. Grace for me, grace for the hearer. In Jesus' name, speak to your people. I ask you, Lord, and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So there's quite a few that are here for the first time, so I'm going to speak a little housekeeping if nobody else has done that. Um, okay. Was pretty nice flood when I walked out. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for rain without destruction. You, do y'all know we need to pray specifically? You know, we do. We we need to we need to pray on target. And sometimes an on target prayer is help me, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and that's good enough. Uh, I want to, it's kind of funny. Jesus said when he come back, he said, will I find any faith in the world? Amen. I was telling some people the other day, witnessing a really sweet couple were in my son-in-law's, well, he's my stepson's shop, and uh, they were telling a story, and uh, they told the story that this woman had a kidney stone, and she said, and, and it was in intense, intense pain. And they took her to the hospital, and she got in there, and then she told them, I don't care what you put in me, but something's got to stop this. I, can't. I said, was it worse? She, I said, kind of like being given a, uh, delivering a baby. She said, oh, no, worse. She said, because with a baby, it comes in waves. But this was there, and it didn't quit. And so she said, right as they were walking in to give her the shot, she said, oh, Jesus, I praise your holy name, and the pain ceased. It's like that. And the doctor said, well, I got your shot. And she said, well, I don't, I don't need it anymore. <laughs> now, who do you think put those words in her lip? She'd been crying out to God the whole time, and the Lord says he inhabits the praise of, her, of his people. So she, he, he put his spirit, his spirit spoke those words through her so he could do what he wanted to do. And he put an end to that. So I began to tell them about things that I've seen and done, and some of those, and I've um, pray for people that come out of comas and they have and 
I prayed for some people and they died. And even in my own life, I prayed and had sickness try to come upon me. And I stood up to it and told it to be gone in Jesus' name. And it went away. Yeah. And then I, I woke up sick and told it to be gone in Jesus' name. All the way to the point of going, oh, Lord, have mercy on me. It's sinner. I need healing. So, so, you know what? We all walk. Listen, every one of us walk in varying levels of our faith. Listen to me. But no condemnation to anybody. But we should ascribe to a more excellent way. We should be believing God for things. Amen? And, and, then, and then calling on His name. Help us with our faith, Lord. I love the, 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 the passage there where the man's got his son being thrown in the fire and he's being thrown in the water and, and, and the disciples could do nothing and he comes to Jesus and, and Jesus said, well, if you only believe, nothing is impossible. And the man says, I believe, Lord. Help me with my unbelief. So sometimes you've got to admit, let me tell you something. Doubt and unbelief is our enemy. It's our enemy. And you need to treat it as such. And and. So, just like everything else, Brother Nicky, he said, come ready to repent. The Lord knows already. So, if you got a fear problem, don't be condemned because you got a fear problem. It may you got a fear problem, call it sin because it's not faith, and repent, and let's ask God, and He'll find the root of it, and we'll go get it, and God will help you. Then you can start conquering fear, if it's anger, if it's perversion, whatever it is. But until it comes to the light, by way of your mouth. It remains hidden to destroy you. So be prepared to let God be God. Amen? Amen. Alright, if you've never been here before, many of you may have been through deliverance in places, but I just want to explain to you that as we begin to uh, do deliverance, and ministers may begin to call out demons, and that can happen um, uh, tonight, and, and can happen every morning at 6 o'clock if you come for prayer, which I advise you to. If, Especially if the Lord is showing you to, don't don't uh, don't don't ignore him and say I should listen to Jesus. Okay, but demons are like the Greek word for them is pneuma, which literally means air or like the air. They are not air, but they are like the air. So just like the wind blows, you see the effect of the wind blowing, but you can't see the wind blow. Demons are not subject to matter, so they can come through walls, they can come through the ceiling, they can fly through your body, they can inhabit your body, and they do. And that's where we have to root them out, okay? So if they go to go out, listen to me, you could burp, and if you start burping, one time I explained all this to some people, and a lady burped for an hour and a half, and they told her, Another lady didn't really agree with deliverance said, I made her burp for an hour and a half. I, I don't have that kind of power. <laughs> she was getting delivered. I don't know how it's going to happen. Would none of us do. You might burp. You might sneeze. You might cough. You could throw up. You might yawn. It doesn't really matter how. They just need to come out. And as a man told me one time, he said, you know what? If God prayed for me and told me to breathe, then my life changed. <laughs> we, however, just get delivered and don't worry. Listen, so if you find yourself yawning and your neighbor's over there just breathing, they might have had 10,000 demons and you only had 10. <laughs> okay. It doesn't matter. Who cares? We're up here ministering. I'm telling you right now, when I begin to minister, if I, if I go to get delivered, I'm not going to shut it down. I'll be delighted. 
Anybody has any any understanding is not embarrassed to get delivered anywhere. You just want to get more free. The Old Testament is an example before us. And the Lord told Israel when they're going into the promised land. By the way, I, I don't believe heaven's your promised land because the promised land is full of giants. <laughs> heaven's a reward. Promised land is how we live on earth. We go get some of those giants out. Israel had to go and get the giants out in the promised land. And the Lord told them, he said, listen, he said, we're going to take it bit by bit, lest the wild beasts devour them. If a person got delivered of everything that they got messed up with at once, you would go crazy. You wouldn't even know who you are. I'm not saying God couldn't sovereignly do it, but I'm just telling you for the most part. Okay? You wouldn't even know. Listen, how many people been through deliverance and the first time you ever went through deliverance, you're wandering around kind of going, wow. You, you really, you're trying to get a bearing. Because God is delivering you and getting those hooks out of your soul, smashing those strongholds and pulling out those demons, and they've raised you. If your parents weren't walking in freedom and you didn't get delivered, you inherited all that mess, and then you walked out your own, in essence, the demons are forming your personality your whole life. They've had a hand in our raising, informing these personalities, and informing the way we think, and forming how we react to our emotions, and even forming what we choose to do with an act of will. And so, thank you, Lord, that His truth and His truth that we know set us free. Amen? Amen. All right. So, you go get delivered, get delivered. If you're a couple and you're here, are you just good friends with somebody and they start boo-hooing and crying and all that? Don't grab them. Don't grab them. Let God deal with them. They're having a moment with the Lord. And if there's a problem, you know, that needs a little extra help, a lot of ministers in here will do it. Let them do it. Because, listen, if you're focusing on this one over here, you're not focusing on this one in here. Okay? And we need to be focusing on what's in here. If you came here, come with a purpose. Even if you've walked through deliverance. If you've walked through it for years and you walked through you never know what's been hidden. Or what else the Lord wants to set you free from today that you even know. But if you get distracted, then you might miss your moment. We don't want to see that. We don't want to see that. One thing, too, is um, there, may, there are some able ministers in this room. Able ministers. I know there is. And, um, but the Lord tells us that we're to know those that labor amongst us. So this house has, an, a, like any good house of the Lord, should have an authority, and it does. And it's Brother Merrill. And then there are, are people that, because they know who they are, have been chosen to minister here. And they minister from this pulpit. They minister in the morning at 6 o'clock. And if, I'm not going to tell you, and we're not going to say, if you're in your room with the people you came with, y'all do whatever you're going to do. But don't go outside of your group and, and prophesy and pray for people and do those things outside this ministry. Hey, if y'all y'all choose to exchange numbers, do whatever you do outside this camp, praise the Lord. But we want to keep things in godly authority. Amen? Amen. 
that's the best way it should be everywhere. I would never go, listen, I wouldn't go in somebody's church and begin to lay hands on people and pray for them or do things like that unless they gave me that permission to do that. We have, we have to be an authority. Or, by the way, we get a whooping. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get whooped. Jesus, uh, with the centurion, was amazed because the man just had faith said speak a word but his faith was also rooted in that authority he knew Jesus was walking in and he submitted to it and and the Lord said in all of Israel he hadn't seen faith like that so we want to see those kind of we want to see those kind of works here right Amen. anybody got a problem with getting healed in your seat huh <laughs> if, if he came here afflicted physically would there be a problem with us walking in the level Submission and agreement and authority that the Lord just began to heal even as, as I'm speaking now. That would be marvelous. I believe God can do that. Um, lights go out if you're staying here. Uh, uh, just uh, The lights, we ask that they go out around 10 o'clock. Okay? Uh, just don't be walking or having conversations in the halls or doing things to keep other people up after 10. Because especially if they're going to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning... <laughs> Those nights go real fast. They go real fast. Sometimes I tell people it's like a long series of naps here. You know? <laughs> we, 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 they go fast. And if you get to fellowship at night, it'll even, it'll even go real fast. But the Lord will, uh, I believe he'll bless us to get plenty of rest. Amen? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. No food, please, in those rooms. Bottle of water is fine. But um, this is country here, okay? And there's bugs and four-legged critters, and it's a lot easier to keep them out than to run them out after they've come in. So, so please just honor that. And no food in here, just bottled water. You want to eat? And you can eat outside. Snack outside and uh, in in the kitchen, uh, dining hall area there, please. And so we just ask if you'd honor that too. And uh, with that, I believe we'll move forward. I'm going to talk to you tonight about grace. About grace. It's the unmerited, unlimited, unconditional, eternal gift of God revealed towards all of creation and every individual in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. Listen to this description of grace from the 1828 Webster's Dictionary. That's a good dictionary too, by the way. Because they played some games with the English language. So, you know, especially if you're a King James reader too, and it's a good idea to go and look what it says about some things. You'd be surprised at the depth of uh, spiritual understanding in that, in that particular dictionary. It means favor and goodwill and kindness, a disposition to oblige another, a grant made as an act of grace. Appropriately, the free, unmerited love and favor of God, the spring and source of all the benefits men receive from Him. Favorable influence of God, divine influence or the influence of the Spirit in renewing the heart and restraining from sin. I just feel I need to say this. Do you know there's a whole lot of places in our country where people are seeking the Spirit of God but without repentance? Yeah. 
without repentance. And John the Baptist came and said, Repent, kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus came, Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. And what can happen and what has happened is that many sincere people, good people, loving people, love the Lord. They're not wicked people. Of course, there's wolf in sheep's clothing everywhere. You know what a wolf in sheep's clothing looks like? A wolf. No, a sheep. A sheep. They're in sheep's clothing. Okay? So you're not going to, those aren't even going to be discerned except for by the Lord. Okay? But when you go into the things of God and into the things of the Spirit, if you don't go trailblazing through repentance, you're going to get another spirit. Grace is the application of Christ's righteousness to the sinner. It is a state of reconciliation to God. It brings faith, meekness, humility, patience, proceeding from divine influence. It can bring spiritual instruction, improvement, and edification. His grace brings us eternal life and the final salvation. It can bring favor, mercy, pardon, favor conferred. Since the Lord said, I give you my grace. It brings privilege. We want to live, listen. We're in a battle to the end. It's life and death. There's some great privileges in belonging to our God. And we don't want to live beneath those privileges. There's a, what's called the day in grace. It's a term given to the time that we're living in that many believe started at the time of the Lord when he was crucified. And that from the point that then that the Holy Spirit indwelt the believers in the day of Pentecost, they got baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. From that point on began a time of grace that's going to lead up until the return of the Lord. How many know you want to repent before it gets here? <laughs> you want to stay that way. It is a time of probation when an offer is made to sinners. Those that don't receive what the Lord has from them will one day take the mark of the beast. And when you do, there's no turning back from that one. Today's the day of grace. Here's the last one. I really like this. It says, to dignify or raise by an act of favor to honor. Do you feel honored that Jesus chose you? Oh, my Lord. I'm going to give you my definition of grace. It's God's power in our lives that accomplishes God's will for our lives. That's God's power in our lives that accomplishes God's will for our lives. And that's not God's power in our lives to accomplish our will for our lives. It's all about Him. Everybody who's in agreement, say, Lord, Lord help me. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to go where you want me to go. I want to pray what you want me to pray. By your grace, Lord. In Jesus' name. I'm just going to tell you about the grace of God. For, for me, I learned that sometimes I don't feel like praising Him. I don't. My flesh doesn't want to do it. But I heard a man a long time ago taught this, and he said, he told me, he told this story. He said, I just, uh, realized there were times that I needed his presence 
And so I would go off and close the door to my office and say, Lord, I don't feel like worshiping you, but I need to and you deserve it. Would you help me? Okay? Well, I come into environments in oh, church worship environments where I don't feel like praising, but he deserves it and I need it. So I turn around and say, Lord, I, I don't have it, but I want to worship you in spirit and in truth. I want to worship you like David did. I turn myself over to you. Help me, Lord, to worship you. And you know what? Very soon, we're entering in that place. You know there's worshiping Him in spirit and truth, and then they're singing a song? And they're way different? They're way different. Because I'm going to say this to you. God doesn't receive back but what He puts in you to. <laughs> See? If their exchange isn't made, you, you can give Him nothing that He hasn't given in you to give back to Him. There has to be the exchange, mate. And that's where that admitting our weakness comes in. So, right, you know, so I've had times I go, ready to go. I'm worshiping. I'm talking. Everything's good. And I can enter in then too. But then there are times where you don't feel like it. But he still deserves it. And it's the right thing to do. God's power in our lives that accomplishes God's will for our lives. That does take something to receive this free gift. You've got to receive it. You have to receive it by faith. The nature of grace is the nature of God. It's free to us. But it costs Jesus dearly. Amen. He willingly paid the price. Children of God, it does take something to receive this gift. If I gave you a $100 bill and said it was yours, and you didn't receive it from my hand, you'd not be able to spend it, would you? I'm not going to give you one. But that's the truth. It's no good. If you had eggs and you wanted to make an omelet, you'd have to crack the eggs. So you have to receive what God freely gives to you. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I'm just going to say this. In all the years, listen, in, in there, there are people in this room who have been doing this a lot longer than me. But, but I'm going to tell you, the people that never get over the hump never realize it's not about them. I want you to hear me. We have our part. But if, and I tell people to throw away their checklist. If you've got a checklist and that checklist says, I'm doing all this right, usually and it, almost invariably you're going to look at another person and say they're not. And if you've got a checklist that says you're doing nothing right, then you'll become a worm in the dirt in your own eyes. And so what you need to do is live that lifestyle being quick to repent and quick to forgive and putting God's Word in you and depending on Him to change you from glory to glory. And when you do, He comes and does it. It's not us. It's Him. I have to agree with Him. Can you get delivered? I believe you're going to get deliverance. And then you're going to have to go out and fight for that deliverance by crucifying your own flesh. That's when you, we die daily. Take up our cross daily. We die to ourselves. That means you got to say no. If you, the Word of God, James tells us, submit to God, to God and resist the devil, the devil's going to flee. Now that submitting to God means you're obedient. Your number one spiritual warfare weapon is obedience. Number one. Number one. You don't obey, and you're going to need his help to obey. But if you don't obey, you're going to get your tail kicked. I don't care how much you resist the devil. 
And then listen to this. So there's some people that are doing their best to obey God. They don't resist the devil. And they get whooped. you got to do both. You obey the Lord to the best of your ability. Cry out to Him in the places you're weak. Get delivered. Walk it out. Crucify your flesh. Believe God. Be open for more. Let Him convict you. Be quick to repent. Quick to forgive. Keep a short rain on that. And then when that devil comes and he lies to you, you tell him to shut up in Jesus' name. Next, I love you, Jesus. I think those are some of my favorite words. I love you, Lord. And shut up, devil. You don't have a place in me. You can't let those thoughts that are unholy bounce around your mind. You need to let the Word of God be your receptionist. If you've ever tried to go in to meet some boss somewhere and he's got a receptionist at the door, if he doesn't want to see you, you're not getting past her. But if the Word of God becomes your receptionist, if that word that you're hearing, those voices, how many of you know everybody hears voices? Some people call them thoughts. And sometimes they are. But you've got to respond to those things. Something comes and demeans you, you've got to respond. You've got to respond by the grace of God. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace you're saved through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. As we gratefully receive his gift, our lives will display daily evidence of his goodness and grace. The nature of grace, the nature of God. It flows freely from him with the aim of restoring fellowship with us. Man, who is made in the image of God, is so precious to our Lord that he gave his all at the cross in order to regain the relationship lost by Adam. Don't blame Adam either. You, you might have done it. More likely we would have. You know that the word for the serpent in the garden is called Nakash, and it literally means a bright, shining, divinating serpent. A bright, shining, divinating serpent. That was a very powerful, beautiful being that seduced Eve and that Adam went along with. We can only be grateful that Jesus chose to make a way. Amen? Grace is unmerited. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. It is undeserved. David said, who am I that you're mindful of me? It is unusual. He loves us in spite of our behavior. We deserve death, and he gave us mercy instead of what we deserve. It is unstoppable, except by us. I can refute his grace. You can. No other human being can stop his grace from pouring out to you. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Since it flows from him, it can be, it is eternal. If you don't turn away, listen, when you turn away, it's still right there waiting on you to turn back. You can turn away and walk all the way to the pit, but it's not his will you do it. He's right there all the time saying, turn back to me, daughter. Turn back to me, son. I love you. It says his mercy endures forever. His mercies are renewed every morning. Malachi 3.6 says, for I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Some people think he was different in the Old Testament than he is in the New. He's the same God. 
He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He changed a bit. He's always loved men. He always was ready to bring them into his family. Grace gives us the ability to receive the fullness, the breadth, and the depth of God's love. It is abounding to us through Jesus. It's not a license to sin. It is not a license to sin. I've come to a kind of a revelation that there's two kinds of Pharisees. There's probably more. But one of them is over here, legalistic, with their checklist, doing everything right, looking for other people to fail, as it says, swallowing camels and spitting out gnats. Okay? Then over here, you've got a hyper-grace Pharisee. And the hyper-grace Pharisee says everything's okay. That, you know, if, if that sin's covered by grace. It's covered by grace. It's covered by grace. With all repentance. If you're sinning without repentance, there is a thief who is stealing, trying to kill you and destroy you. And he's got a wide open door. Our Father, our Lord gave us the commandments of God. He's not a control freak. He is not a control freak. He gives you a choice. He gives me a choice. I can walk with him. I don't have to walk with him. His commandments are to protect us from the enemy. So that we can be like him and he can wrap our arms around us and we can agree with him and he can keep the enemy from destroying God's people. They're not grievous. Romans 5.21 Sin once used death to rule us, but God gave us more of his grace so that grace could rule by making us right with him. And this brings us eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 6.1 and 2 So do you think we should continue sinning so that God will give us more and more grace? Of course not. Our old sinful life ended. It's dead. So how can we continue living in sin? I always like to picture picture a, a person that's in the maybe they're in the morgue and their body's there and somebody comes up and slaps them. No response. No response. Somebody comes up and exposes pornography. No response. Marijuana. No response. Alcohol. No response. Because they're dead. Hopefully they're alive in Christ and sitting there with the Lord cheering somebody else on. Amen. There's a great cloud of witnesses. But listen to me. They don't respond. Well, Paul said we're supposed to be dead to the world. I reckon myself dead to the world. We've got to begin to reckon our... Now listen, what we're talking about here is walking this life out in freedom. So if I'm dead, somebody could cuss me and I can bless them. I can bless them. Somebody can reject me and I can pray for them and mean it. Every temptation, I can just say, no, it's not me anymore. Because I'm dead to that, the life of Christ. Can you do it on your own? No. But by the grace of God, you can. Grace is God's power to help us live a godly life. Grace is extended as God forgives and cleanses us when we sin and confess to Him. I quoted this earlier, but I'm going to go and speak again. 1 John 1, 5 through 10. Then this is the message which we've heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light and in him no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. 
But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us all from sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We're going to go through some more some deliverance here in a bit, but I want to pray right now. I want to take you through prayer. And, and listen, we might as well start now. We're, we're talking about repentance. We're talking about God's grace. Let's ask him as a body and as individuals say, Lord, would you reveal to us things that are up? Then I'm sending them. Is there any place, any judgments I have, any anything? You know your besetting, it's like Nicky was saying, there's things called besetting sins. If you're doing something, you know. Let's start repenting. Let's do it now. So all who will pray with me, Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I ask you to show me where I need to repent. In word and in deed. Even in attitude. I ask you, Lord, to open the eyes of my understanding. I give you permission to search me and uncover even hidden works of darkness in Jesus' name. Now take a, go ahead and take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for showing your people, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now start confessing under your breath if that's you. Prepare the way. The Greek word for cleanse is kaparizo. It means to make clean, to cleanse, like from physical stains and dirt and utensils and food. It'd be to cleanse a leper by curing, to remove by cleansing in a moral sense, to free from defilement of sin and from faults, and to purify from wickedness, to be free from the guilt of sin, to purify, to consecrate, to dedicate, to pronounce clean in Levitical sense. You know, Jesus was washing the disciples' feet, and it's kind of Peter squawking about that and then Jesus told him you don't let me wash your feet I have no part of you but, but the Lord told him he said my words have made you clean nevertheless let me do this so I believe that's a picture his word you born again he's, he's made us clean We're, we, we have the blood of the Lamb of God but you're walking through life too when you walk through life you get your feet dirty right so this deliverance and repentance and cleansing and praying is like taking a spiritual bath, washing those feet. Say, Lord, Lord, I'll let you wash my feet. Help me to wash somebody else's. Grace is extended to help us forgive others, ourselves, and even God. There might be people in this room that the Lord. That's very common. Very common for people to not even know they're mad at God until the Holy Spirit reveals it. Well, he's never been the problem. But the devil's good at what he does. He's a liar. So if you're mad at God, go on and start releasing him. He's your answer. Without forgiveness, we're not forgiven. Matthew 6, 14, 15, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. 
If we do not forgive, we're not forgiven. Good news. Jesus helps. Sometimes that you go back to that, Lord, help me to believe. Help me with my unbelief. So, Lord, I want to forgive, but I can't. I need your help. I want to be obedient. Help me to forgive. Philippians 4, 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Matthew 17, 20, Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Amen. You going to speak to mountains today? The name of Jesus. Power. Matthew 19, 26, But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Grace is extended in healing as we choose, as we confess our faults one to another. Now listen to me. I told you this is a safe place. You may have brethren you know. This doesn't mean that you go tell every person in the world every fault you have. You've got to know the fruit of who you're talking to. And that, that fruit, listen, we, we, we judge men by their fruit. Man, you want to know how? You want to know who you need to confess to? The one that will not catch your flesh and say it's okay, but point you to Jesus and go with you in prayer and pray for you that God will do what only God can do. But they're also not the one that crows like a rooster every morning at six on the telephone. Gossip praying. You don't know what gossip praying is? That's when you call somebody and say, Did you did you know what blah 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 yeah? Let's pray. But they're not really wanting to pray. It's God to pray. If your heart's just if all you're doing is telling telling a story and you're really not wanting and calling the right people, people will hurt you. Listen to me, buddy. People will hurt you. Good people will hurt you. You need to have and there, and there comes a time when somebody hurts you. You might need to find somebody to share that with. But be careful that you're sharing it with somebody that will pray for both of you. And not just looking for people to agree with you against somebody else. James 5, 13 through 16. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any married? Let him sing songs. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven of him. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. What a promise. Grace is plan A. There is no plan B. Grace is plan A. Our only response can be to receive it and follow him with excitement. Romans 5 and 1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Thank you, Father. Life-transforming grace enables us to grow and mature in Jesus. Not by strength or deed, but only by grace through faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One. 
It takes God's grace for every detail of our lives. I want to ask you a question. And this is the question for you to ask yourself. How much of your life are you living in your own strength? How much of your life are you living in your own strength? How much of your life is spent doing works that are good, but not God-breathed? Acts 17, 28 says, For in Him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your poets have said, for we are also his offspring. God will help you only as much as you ask. Now I will say this. How many have been rescued? Anyway. But why wait for the rescue when you can be talking to it ahead of time? I had a man say a long time ago, and, and it sat with me, and he said this, I love miracles. Miracles are wonderful. But I'd rather live in the blessing than need the miracle to be rescued from a mess I made. Okay? So that obedience, living with the Lord, accepting His grace, talking to Him. But listen, Jesus said very clearly that if you're going to come into the kingdom, you must come as a little child. So there's a lot of grown-ups in here. Are we coming as a little child? Because that's what, it, that's what He said. Jesus said it. So that means... Lord, I need help with this. Lord, would you help me with that? Here I am, Lord. Staying in constant contact, asking him for help with everything you have. He never tires of it. He delights in your voice. He delights to hear one of his child saying, How are we going to do this, Daddy? Because I don't know. Or do you have a better way than what I know to do? I can't tell you how many simple things that are non-spiritual that I asked him for help with and that he's helped me. After the 30 years of drinking and drugging when I got saved and everything else goes with drinking and drugging. When I got saved I was a little cloudy in the mind. Because now they got a thing called the cloud where they store memory but I lost mine the cloud for that season. And then when I got saved, started living for the Lord, I had this problem with losing my car keys. It didn't matter where, my house, your house, it didn't matter. Everywhere I went, I'd lose those keys. Everywhere. And I'd go to the Lord and say, Lord, here I am again. My time is your time now. I belong to you. And I can't find the keys. Would you bring them to me? And pretty soon, whether he just opened my eyes to see or he had an angel set him in front of my face, I don't know. But I'd find the key. And that was his grace to help me find him. But now look, that was the miracle. Okay? It was really a small miracle, but it was a miracle. I couldn't find him right now. The miracle I needed built my faith. But then later on, his grace through the Holy Spirit the fruit of the Spirit and be a Spirit called that's one of His fruit that come from the Holy Spirit called self-control. So I began to put them in the same place. Every time. Wherever I went. And I didn't need a miracle finding keys anymore. Small. But He's in the small things and He's in the big things. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 
1 through 4. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom? Jesus called that little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You want to be God-sufficient, not self-sufficient. God-sufficient. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Have you admitted before the Father you can do nothing about you outside of him. <coughs> Nothing. <coughs> Do you ask for help as a husband or a wife? Do you ask for help as a father or a mother? Do you ask for help as a brother or a sister in Christ? <coughs> Do you ask for help as a minister? Have you asking for help in your speech? Life and death in the power of the tongue. I tell people, I'll say this here, if your words don't change, your life won't change. Amen. If your words don't change, your life won't change. Oh, it may, it may get worse. But it's not going to get better until you start agreeing with God out of your mouth. Do you daily roll your cares unto Jesus? I remember a time I'm not a worrier. I'm just not. By the grace of God, and probably earlier on in my life, by the arm of the flesh. Because my dad was an alcoholic. And my dad claimed that he was drinking because he was worried. So, I didn't worry about anything. And a whole lot of that was probably because I didn't care. Okay? So, we're not talking about not caring. But I just did not worry. This is the end of Part A. Please play Part B. Thank you. Our website is www.lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com and lhbconline.com. There are many hundreds of free audio files there. It's like going to Bible school at home.